Mind Your Farm Business on realagriculture.com is brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. Welcome to the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast, brought to you by RBC Royal Bank. I'm Sean Haney, founder of realagriculture.com and host of Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. You can find more episodes of this podcast by going to mindyourfarmbusiness.com. Today's topic on the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast is about branding. Branding your farm is something that is quite in its infancy. We all know about the power of branding at companies like WestJet, Molson Coors, or Apple. But what about your farm? The answer is yes. There are farms that have retail or direct-to-consumer marketing models that branding your operation makes sense. According to our guest today, even if you are a commercial commodity cash crop farm, there are reasons to work on branding your farm. Today's guest on the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast is Len Kahn from Contact. LenCon works with companies of all sizes in developing branding and marketing campaigns. Here's Len. LenCon, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey, thanks for joining us for the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast. So, Len, there's a lot of farms across Canada of many shapes and sizes that are considering a lot more now establishing a brand for their farm. First, first of all, when we say, like, you need a good brand, what, what exactly does that even mean? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, I think when people hear the word brand, the immediate thing that comes to mind is logo or graphics or colors. And that's definitely part of the story, but it's not the full story. So if you Google the word brand, you will find, uh, I don't know how many, close to a billion references, not quite that many, but uh, 100 million references on what is a brand. The uh, definition that I like is it's a brand is really a collection of perceptions in the mind of a consumer. So um, it's really interesting, scary for companies because um, you don't actually own your brand. The consumer owns it. And it's really the sum total of everything an organization or product is and everything it does. And in that sense, every interaction a customer or a stakeholder uh, has with your organization either enhances or weakens the strength of your brand. So that sounds a little airy-fairy, but um, maybe I'll give you an example. So the easiest one to think about in my mind is uh, airlines. So think about Air Canada versus WestJet. Um, Essentially, two companies that do exactly the same thing. They transport people from point A to point B on airplanes. Um, But the experiences are vastly different, and the brands are perceived differently Uh, in the minds of consumers. So without having research in front of me, the Air Canada brand is a little heavy-handed corporate. And when I say Air Canada, most people don't get a smile on their face. WestJet is the opposite. It's a lighter brand. It's a happier brand. And how does all that happen? Well, I'll give you an example. So last winter, I believe, there was um, a huge snowstorm in the Maritimes, and there was an Air Canada flight that was uh, grounded, And so all the passengers were stuck until the weather cleared. They were in the airport. Air Canada's response was to give them vouchers, food vouchers, which is great, except all it was late at night, so all the the food kiosks were closed. So Air Canada hands out vouchers that can't be used. True story, there was actually a WestJet pilot 
who was deadheading back on Air Canada, he called a local pizza joint and they delivered uh, pizza to all the passengers and the Air Canada crew. So there's the difference between the two brands. So in my mind, a brand is really every interaction that um, someone has with you or your organization um, goes into uh, forming what that brand is. And that brand resides in the mind of the customer, of the, in the mind of the general public. So if, if a company is not in control of their brand and they don't own that brand, why do companies and why would a farm spend much time or money developing one if they actually don't control it? Yeah, it's a, it's another really good question. So, you know, thinking about the farm market, there's, there's kind of two streams here. So um, a lot of uh, farms and farmers, a lot of uh, family farm businesses, somewhat sparked by uh, COVID, are now getting into uh, more direct marketing than ever before. So if you're a farm and you're getting into direct marketing, um, so what you're talking about there is the brand that you are selling. So whether it's a, you know, a a meat product, a line of meat products, uh, some craft malt or barley, whatever it is. So that is a, a more product brand overall. Um, your farm itself and your farming operation um, also have a brand uh, associated with it, even if you're not uh, selling directly. And the reason why they do this is simple. It's money, Sean, like everything else, um, when you get right down to it. um, So Coca-Cola company, these are old stats, but uh, Coca-Cola at one point in time was worth uh, $140 billion. Of that, 80 billion of that was actually the Coke brand. So if you bought, if you took all the assets, all the bottling plants and everything, added it all up, it's less than half the value of the company. Wow. So brands uh, attract more money. Um, have you ever heard of Snapple? Yeah, Snapple absolutely. Beverage? Absolutely. So Snapple, <laughs> Snapple was a uh, dopey little uh, beverage company, and in 1997, a guy named Nelson Peltz, who's one of those Wall, uh, Wall Street raiders, um, bought it for $300 million. He did nothing to the product. He just upgraded the brand and changed their brand identity and the way they approached the market, and he sold it three years later to Cadbury for $1.45 billion. So the answer is money. So for a farm, where does this where does this fit in? Especially if like, there's, I get it, maybe from the direct consumer standpoint. We'll get to that just in a second. But let's let's stay with a, com- a, a typical commercial farmer where I'm selling maybe to a grain buyer or I'm selling my cattle to one of the packing plants. Is it a worthwhile exercise to establish a brand for your farm? Well, uh, here, here's the good news, bad news. Even if you don't establish a brand, your farm has a brand. So I know you used to be in the seed business, so I'm sure, what was it called? Haney, Haney Farms. Haney Farms? Yep. So whether you did this consciously or unconsciously, um, Haney Farms had a brand in the community that you operated in, maybe provincially, maybe nationally. Um, and that was based on, hey, how do the Haney's treat their suppliers? How do the Haney's answer the phone? How do the Haney's... Um, you know, keep their farm up. What does the sign look like at the end of at the end of the driveway? So um, 
there's another thing going on as well, not to go off on too many tangents, but there's this talk now about um, social license, I think is the word, or yep. social contract, um, you know, the ability to farm the way you want to. So the more things you do to enhance the the perception or the brand of your operation, uh, the better it is. At the end of the day, if you were to ever go to sell that farm or even to transition it on to subsequent generations, that is actually capitalized into the value you get. Um, so a well-run, clean uh, operation with a strong reputation um, that's been growing is worth more than the similar operation that's done none of these things, even if the financials are relatively similar. Um, the other thing it does, um, one of the big things going on in agriculture these days is uh, finding good help. Um, you know, f the, right. the overall Canadian ag economy is growing. Um, there are, you know, farm, family farm businesses are growing. Once you've run out of family members to bring into the operation, you need to recruit talent and having a strong brand, a great, a good reputation, uh, makes it easier to attract top talent. So there's any number of reasons to at least think about, um, the brand, the perception of your farm, um, sort of in the, in the overall, uh, uh, farming community. We'll get back to more of my conversation with Len Kahn of Contact on the Mind Your Farm Business podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Mind Your Farm Business podcast is brought to you by RBC. When it comes to your operation, a business plan can help you reach your goals. It's your roadmap to success. Be equipped to face the challenges of modern day farming head on and come out on top. Visit rbc.com slash chart your course and speak with an agriculture account manager near you. Okay, so like most things in 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 marketing and just farm management in general, there, there's a wide pendulum, and everybody's going to be in a different point depending on on how this potentially could benefit you. So, if I, if I want to do if I want to go through the process of developing a brand for my farm, or maybe it's even you know could be termed as a rebranding because that happens too. Um, how do I get started? What what do I do, and what are the things I need to consider? Well, that's an um, interesting question. I think the most important thing is to think about it. If it, you know, interviews like this and, uh, you know, I think a lot of, uh, uh, I call them family farm businesses. They're not just farms and they're not, this is not corporate farming in Canada. So they are family farm businesses. So I think the ownership of the family farm business, and, and a lot of times it's multi-generational, uh, the first step is actually having a conversation about it. And I think it can be intimidating, but it really shouldn't be because the things that you want to think about doing are sort of the ABCs. So most farm operators are amazing at what they do. They're amazing at uh, keeping the machinery up and running, uh, making smart choices about inputs. Um, not always so great on succession planning, but in general, the operational side is fine. It's thinking about these other things. So the sign at the end of your driveway, uh, do you have a little website, um, how you sign off your emails. So in practical terms, one way to help build your brand is frequency 
and consistency. So when you're communicating, when you're out at meetings, um, you know, how do you talk about your farm? How do you answer the phone? All of these things. So there's kind of uh, easily accessible on the internet. There's kind of branding one, two, threes. But really the main thing is to decide that this is something that is of value to your farm. Um, there are plenty of you know, consultants and firms and out there that are in the business of helping companies build brands, you don't need to go that immediately. Uh, most of it is intuitive and common sense. And with just a little bit of research, um, you can find a way to make it work for your farm. You know, there's a, I think there's a lot more farms that are thinking about this, Len, because I see it with, you know, when we walk around at conferences and trade shows, you see a lot more farmers with maybe not necessarily wearing the hat of a crop protection company or a seed company, which we do see a lot of that. But there's people wearing like the name of their farm on their, their hoodie or their hat, maybe their jacket. So there are, there are more and more farmers that are doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I've seen that as well. And I think one of the impediments to this is most people uh, overthink it at the front end. So whether your your logo, let's pick on logos and your colors are perfect or not, is not all that critical. It's whether you have one and whether you're willing to wear it proudly on your on your shirt sleeve or on your hat. And, and where this pays off, for example, let's say at some point um, Haney Farms needed a zoning uh, change and had to go to town council. Well, if Haney Farms has a strong brand, a good reputation, um, you're known in the community and you're willing to, you know, participate actively, uh, not only in the community, but in advancing agriculture. Let's say those are things that were important to Haiti Farms. It makes those meetings with the banker or with town council or even with your suppliers a lot uh, easier and a lot more productive. So, um, again, there's another whole segment of farms that are, um, you know, starting to think about marketing directly to consumers that's a little bit differently different because you're getting into promotion and packaging and things like that. But overall, for your farm, the main thing to do is to start and start slow and do the simple things first. You know, I, I know we have a, a bank as a sponsor of this podcast, but I, I, I also think about it in terms of like getting access to credit. Like, you know, when you all those things you talked about, whether it's logo to colors, to signs, to cleanliness, to how you answer the phone. When you try to maybe bring a lender over to the operation to check it out as you're trying to maybe get that new operating loan, that, that it's all about creating an impression and, and making it a good one on people you're trying to influence to want to do business with you. Yeah, that's 100% right. Um, human beings, and especially when you get into business and the bigger the business gets, the more this is true. So Royal Bank would be a good example, are risk averse. And uh, I have a, my brother-in-law works for one of the major consulting companies. I won't name which one, but he says the vast majority of their business is obtained through the, the reputation they have, their brand. Um, he said, um, you know, a lot of the work they do and what they charge for it is um, out of sync. They're charging more than it's actually worth. But people are making the decision to go with this particular consulting company because they feel confident and they feel they're mitigating risk. And what you just said about credit, the same thing. I'm sure Royal Bank um, does, you know, wants to make sure that any funds that they advance are um, going to good use and they have confidence that they will get repaid. Having a strong brand for your farm 
And again, it's not just a logo or not just a hat. It's all of it, but it does uh, help with those kind of conversations for sure. How does your how does your role on social media play into this? Like so, because that, that's a that's an area of presence as well. Um, you know, and a lot a lot of farmers on things like Twitter and Instagram, growing presence on TikTok. How, how does that play into your brand? Yeah, it's all part of it, 100%. And actually, social media is probably the fastest growing and soon probably one of the most significant parts of anyone's brand. So there's a lot of talk these days about politics and Donald Trump. The fact that he decided to more or less um, communicate only through social media is part of his brand. He said, I don't trust the regular media. I'm going to go directly to my constituency. Uh, whether you agree with uh, Mr. Trump's uh, policies and politics or not, uh, that is what he did. And he's been entirely consistent. So my answer is social media is part of it. Um, just make sure you're consistent. And uh, I know you're an avid consumer of social media. If you look at various uh, individuals and farms, they all have their own voice. Some of them are pretty radical and loud. Some are very quiet and conservative. Uh, larger companies tend to be more conservative. Um, my answer there is um, probably a good thing to be on social media and then just uh, try and stay consistent within your brand. If uh, the Royal Bank started uh, posting tweets like Donald Trump, it would be a jarring disconnect from their brand. If Donald Trump started being very conservative and corporate, it would be off his brand. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, yes to social media. Um, maybe not while drinking or on any kind of medication because you don't want to have Twitter remorse, but uh, stay within your voice, stay consistent. Great stuff. Hey, Len, really appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks for the time, Sean. Always a pleasure. How people perceive your company and the fact you are not totally in control of that is kind of uncomfortable. There is some hard work to be done in this area, but hopefully today's podcast enabled you to learn some basics and enough to get the process started. Creating an on-farm brand is something that you should not be too proud to ask for assistance. Fortune 500 companies get assistance, so why shouldn't a grain farm in Saskatchewan or an orchard in Ontario ask for some marketing help as well? I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. If you have any feedback or comments, please email me at S. Haney at realagriculture.com or call the Real Ag Lister line 855-776-6147. For more episodes of the Mind Your Farm Business podcast, you can find them at mindyourfarmbusiness.com. Thanks to RBC Rural Bank for being our sponsor. And until next time, keep on minding your farm business.